welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you join me today. Today's guest is a doctoral student of traditional naturopathy who finds peace and connection with the herbs she uses to make and brew teas. Please welcome author of A Tea Witch's Grimoire, Susanna Harlow. Hi, Susanna. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Do you want to tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you hail from, etc.? Sure, sure. I'm well, I was born and raised in California, in Southern California, and lived there for most of my, I guess, early life. <laughs> um, I have now recently moved with my husband and my son to wonderful Alabama. So I'm literally living in the middle of the woods, all around nature. It's really nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I, I've just been a, a loving mother and a devoted wife and soul-seeking, heartfelt witch for pretty much most of my life now. And I have been a devotee in my practice, um, as far as tea witchery goes, and. I am honestly very blessed and happy to be here and to really truly share my practice with everyone. And absolutely grateful. Yes. That's wonderful. So when you moved from Southern California, um, so I have family in Southern California, to Alabama, was that like a huge culture shock? Um, actually, no. Um, surprisingly not. My husband, he he had brought me here before, like, and we stayed for about a month. And okay. honestly, when I was here for that month, I I had immediately felt like this place was home to me. Like it, oh, this great. was something that clicked. Yes, like the, the nature, the the charm, the energy, even the people truly had, it it really touched me actually. And when I had returned back to Southern California, it was a funny feeling because it was like, I I want to go back. I need to go back. This is so different. I actually (laughs) felt more of a culture shock when I returned from the place that I was born and raised. So interesting. yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, <clears throat> what are you drinking today during this episode? Ah, I'm drinking a lemon ginger tea. <laughs> I kind of nice. needed a nice boost of energy just to kind of gain some confidence, gain some clarity, you know. So, but yes, what are you drinking? That's awesome. Um, I am drinking water and Bar Dog red wine. Uh, I don't normally drink wine during my recordings, but I thought, you know, today I'm going to do it. Hey, yes. Cheers. um, Well, thank you. You too. (laughs) It's funny. Yesterday I I recorded with another guest who was also drinking lemon ginger tea. (laughs) (laughs) It's a popular one. I love lemon ginger tea too. Yeah. It's soothing. 
So this podcast is very book heavy. So I'm always mm-hmm. asked my guests, what are you currently reading? Oh, yes. I am a big book reader of myself. So I actually, um, right now, my book circle just begun reading Heal the Witch Wound by Celeste Larson. Oh, that's such a good one. Yes, I'm, I'm on it. I'm loving it. You know, I, I've seen it when it first came out and I was really curious by it. So I was really happy that my book circle decided to pick it up and start reading it. Um, it has been such a wonderful, um, transformative book, really. It, it That really helps explore like historical persecution of witches and it offers so much guidance and practices to help heal the collective trauma, you know, associated with witchcraft. Yeah. And it's, it's so nice. It's so healing and it, it helps you to empower yourself to reclaim your power and embrace your true spiritual path, which is something that I find tremendously beautiful because it, honestly had taken me down my own memory lane of the years that I had to seek myself and my craft Mm -hmm. and learning that that fellow inspiration to help others and to help them this book it's honestly it's a beautiful powerful reminder to every witch that they matter that their path matters and that they they need to live it out wholeheartedly without fear of persecution or doubt you know so I Mm -hmm. I truly recommend this book that's yeah it's a great book I agree with all those things um and I'm I'm gonna hit you with a a question that I didn't put on the list and I'm sorry but (laughs) it it just made me think what because I think everybody has a different definition in their personal feelings what is your definition of a witch someone who fully embodies their power but is also fully connected to i'll just say that like the universe the universal power that's all around us that that true essence that lives within Mm -hmm. all things whether living or dead or the in-between you know just is fully connected and whether they know it or not they are connected to that power. That's a great answer. I love that answer. That was very straightforward. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I probably have said it a lot of times throughout, like throughout my years with my friends, with associates, with people sitting on the bus, you know? know? Yes. Yes. Anytime I've been asked that question, well, you say you're a witch. Well, what does that mean? What are you? You know, I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just a soul connected with the powers that be. That's awesome. <laughs> that we all are. Okay, we're gonna with. <laughs> we're gonna bring it back to books again. Um, do you have a favorite metaphysical or occult book? Yes, that was that was it. Sorry. <laughs> I made it weird. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Honestly, my brain was, it just kind of, you know, it flipped through my brain index. (laughs) 
because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so hard for me to say just one, you know, um, I love so many books, you know, and how about your top I- three? Do you have three that you love? Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, well, I'll go with my first that truly inspired me uh, over the years. Uh, it's um, Crone's Book of Charms and Spells by Valerie Wirth. Um, I love this little book. I honestly, I found it by chance in a in a little shop, and I'm so glad I did. I I didn't realize. I mean, I, I realized it was a witch book, you know, it was a metaphysical book, mm-hmm. but then like going into it, I felt like I was just reading poetry, which really sung to my heart because I love poetry so much. And it felt like I was coming home and speaking to my own grandmother. You know, she, Valerie Worth, she has her own magic and methods that are not commonly seen in today's occult mm-hmm. books. So it was just like, to me, that's like a fresh breath of air you know like when you just are constantly reading the same kind of books hers was just so different so like hedge witchery almost you know and yeah she wrote it with such deep felt meaningful poetry and I I just love that so I highly recommend that too if you can find it she has two books that are very similar um I would say the second one is of course Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great that, one. That was like my Bible back then. Um, <laughs> let's see, the third one, the third one. Oh, gosh. There's some contenders. Oh. Oh. Sorry, it's it's really hard to say. Um, it's okay. If you can't think of one, you can tell me you yeah, can't think of one. Let's go ahead and skip that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's fine i'm the same way i i read so many books now because of my podcast and i get sent books that i haven't even requested so it is really mm-hmm. hard to to you know narrow it down mm-hmm. um all right how about your favorite or most influential we'll go with that and uh, that's okay um metaphysical or occult author okay so two of them judica isles and of course valerie worth judica is the sweetest human yes she is i interviewed her a while ago and she is just a darling person she truly is i absolutely love her Mm -hmm. yeah she's wonderful the first time that I spoke with her, I <laughs> I was actually really trying to be calm <laughs> because like my mouth dropped when I realized like who I was gonna talk to, you know. Uh huh. And it was just I was just oh I was just ama- I was just so overjoyed. <laughs> right yes she is absolutely wonderful and her work oh my gosh it's just so filled with amazing works of knowledge so did judica was she like your um your editor yes (laughs) 
Okay, because I know that she does a lot of editing for the people that I talk to. So yeah, she's yes. just such a darling human. I love her mm -hmm. so much. So influential, so helpful, so supportive. Just she's amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, how about we're going to switch over to the mundane. Do you have a favorite mundane author? Yes, I have. A few, of course, I have a few like, a, you know, I just, like, but my number one. And I use how I go with my favorites. It starts from when I was young and was first impacted mm -hmm. by them. And, I, and it grows uh -huh. from there, you know, and the very first yeah. mundane author that absolutely in, uh, like just inspired me or really just clicked something in place in my life um, was Simon Black. <laughs> Probably uh, not many people know of him, although they should. But um, yes, he's a, he was a wonderful author that I also by chance found in a very small, tight thrift store. Um, his book that deeply influenced me or like, honestly just brought me out of uh you know my teenage angst <laughs> was <laughs> called the book of frank and absolutely fabulous work he was it's it, he's almost like a psychological writer in a way when it comes to facing your your the terms of society and mm -hmm. yes so he's a wonderful author i'll just throw that That's out there awesome. to people Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. And that's why I ask these questions so that people can find, you know, these off the wall, you know, mm -hmm. things that they've never heard of. Okay. Do you have a favorite book series or book? Well, I'll go, yeah, I'll go with the book of Frank by Simon Black. And as far as book series goes, why would I guess I wouldn't call it mundane because <laughs> it is a fantasy series, but um, well, that's okay. That'll I, I can take that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure you've heard this probably many times, but the Akatar series. I've never heard it. Really, a, um, yeah. a court of thorns and roses. Oh. I think I've maybe heard it a couple times. I didn't know it was called the Akatar series. Well, people call that in short, you know, Akatar. <laughs> um, but that series, that that book series that comes with oh, I see. afterwards. I see. So um, that honestly was my most recent series that I finished because when we moved and things were just all over the place and things. And I couldn't have time to really sit down and read a book, which was soul crushing. I finally was mm -hmm. like, you know what I need to take a break and I need to go find a, a, a new book, you know? And mm -hmm. my husband took me to books a million and I saw a, a court of thorns and roses. And I was like, you know what? Let me check this out. I haven't heard about this. <laughs> and, and then it was that, that was the end right there. I, by Susanna, you couldn't see me for days because <laughs> I was literally like shacked up in a little room, just like ravishly reading the whole series <laughs> in a That's month. That's awesome. So, yeah, I love it. I love I love books like that that really just grab you. Yeah, it's wonderful. Suck you in to their world, mm -hmm. which was yeah, really like it was so nice. It was like a balm out of all that craziness and busy schedules. But yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So now that we've talked about everybody else's books, 
I want to talk about your book. <laughs> uh, so you wrote A Tea Witch's Grimoire, Magical Recipes for Your Tea Time. I want to know the motivation behind this publication. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I would say that when it came to my motivation, it was truly brought on from all the years honing my craft, delving into all the realms and knowledge of tea brewing and creating recipes and exploring the intricate art of spell casting. And, but, but my intention began to stretch beyond my personal growth and learning. I, I started to yearn to share the transformative powers of tea and magic that have come together over the years for me with others and to help guide them towards their own healing and empowerment because that's what I truly found throughout those years when I mm -hmm. started to blend together tea and my craft. I just felt so much healing and power there. And by weaving together the sacredness of tea and the potent energy of spells, I was aspired to ignite a spark within all these readers, all these potential people who feel that same kind of passion, that same kind mm -hmm. of love and respect for tea and helping them discover the profound magic that lies within that simple act of brewing a tea. So through this book, I began hoping to inspire people to embrace their own spiritual journey, their own practice, their own love of tea, and to find solace in the rituals of tea and unlocking the potential for enchantment that awaits in, in just a simple cup, you know? But mm -hmm. it's even more than a cup. It's it's you. You're, <laughs> you're the magic. You're what dwells within that teacup. <laughs> I feel like I really, really want to go have a tea party with you. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, please. I absolutely adore that. I love tea parties. Absolutely. Well, that would be so much fun. Maybe we can set one up via Zoom. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Please, 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 please. I would love that. And then we could do some yeah, TV readings. Awesome. That would be awesome. Um, what was your favorite part? And it sounds like we already heard, but what was your favorite part <laughs> about writing this book? Oh, oh absolutely. Writing out the tea rituals. <laughs> like oh, I have so great. Yes. Thank you. I, I have always adored creating my spells and rituals over the years and practicing them and testing them out. And so when it finally came down to being able to share my grimoire in this book, I was beyond excited mm -hmm. because honestly, every single spell, recipe, ritual that you find in this book, it is from me. It, it is truly from my own books, my own grimoires from over the years. Mm -hmm. So, yes, so that was basically the best part. I was just so giddy the whole time. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What? 
What about the least favorite? What was your least favorite part? <laughs> well, um, I'm sure every writer can agree that the deadline hangs over all our heads. <laughs> that, that, that was, that was probably the most least favorite, just kind of like, you know, the, the, the time, the due date coming, coming closer and closer and closer. And, you know, you're just like, I need to sit down. I need to get this done. That was probably this, the most, uh, I wouldn't say least favorite, but just the most pressure, you know? Right. Right. That's, um, I talk about this all the time, but that's literally how I graduated college. <laughs> I I did everything like the weekend. It uh -huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we have an issue. We're going to start a new recording. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's going automatically. Um, I had an issue with my earbuds and, but that's fine. It did the thing oh, okay. by itself. So we're good. We're good to go. <laughs> it's going to just be two awesome. recordings that I just have to put together. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, deadlines are uh, really a frustrating thing. You know, my boss is, uh, he'll tell me, I need this by October 15th. So, October 14th, I'm finishing it. And he's like, well, I really wanted this by October 5th. And I'm like, well, then tell me you want it October 5th. Because I am I will absolutely take every minute that I have to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ringing it all the way to the end. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I am a procrastinator mm -hmm. by nature. Um. Do you have do you have another book coming up? Do you have anything else in the works? Well, I'm hoping on two more projects to include in my Team Magic series. So I'm hoping for that. So yes, um, one possibly exploring the empowering bond between crystals and tea, and oh. the other one having to do with divination. Well, both of those sound amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I lost my pen and <laughs> I like to write <laughs> things down so that I can ask questions later and I lost it, but that's okay. Oh. We'll, just, we'll just move on with life. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the exact same thing I told my son this morning. <laughs> if you would like to discuss, I would love to hear about your practice, maybe how uh, you came into your practice. Um, just give us a, a little rundown about your practice. Sure. So my practice is very nature-based worship. I honor both the nature spirits and my ancestors. It is something that I've learned from as a child, um, being raised by my grandmother, who was very much in touch with her, her faith and her spirituality, especially mm -hmm. when it came to healing people. So that greatly inspired me to basically become more in touch with my, my empathy, my, my, my own abilities in connecting with others and, 
and in trying to heal them. So I was, <laughs> I was literally like the little child that was running around in the playground, helping other kids that fell down or were hurt, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so, you know, I found my power in nature. I connected in nature and my, those abilities that I learned within nature helped me connect with herbs and the elements. And because of that, that is where I really found my love for herbal medicine and folklore um, and using herbs in for magical purposes. I, I was able to really feel the magic in plants, basically. And I learned that especially when I was working in a metaphysical store at 17 and I was the little goblin in the back room making your herbs <laughs> and your powders, your incense and your oils. So I got to learn a lot back there of how to incorporate herbs in magical recipes and using my abilities to connect with herbs. I that's where I really found my calling, I would say, when it comes to what to work with in my practice. Mm -hmm. And I started working in an acupuncturist um, shop that was also a tea room. And I really got to learn more about the healing aspects of herbal remedies and holistic medicines. But I also learned from the tea master there about the, the spiritual healing aspects of tea. I mean, there's also their, their actual physical properties, but mm -hmm. the tea ritual itself and how to be connected, how to be mindful, how to be present and just the history and, and knowledge of tea itself really captured me. And I was fully inspired by it. And it was working there that I got to really truly practice this craft that I have today with clients that came in where I could speak with them and connect with them and hear what they were coming in for. And I was able to brew them tea and serve it to them and wish them wholeness and wellness, you know, and, and peace. And it was there that I really started to blend all that I've learned together from magical herbs to tea ritual. And that's how I was able to truly incorporate that in a large part of my craft. So tea witchery really is now in everything that I do. If whether I am casting a spell or leaving an offering or doing divination, it, or even having it become involved in large in a large part of my group circles even. So it's mm -hmm. just, that is really how my tea practice came to be from I all of those that. experiences. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a, a practice that you do daily that you would like to share? Yes. Um, I, I do one every day. 
It's usually always in the morning. It's like my little morning ritual. It's um, it's a form of purification and in getting the mind, body, and heart in alignment of what is needed for the day. I, I generally wake up, hopefully before my husband, my son, <laughs> and make my way to the kitchen quietly. <laughs> and I mindfully heat my water, thanking it for its sustenance and healing, and prepare my teapot, my favorite one, thanking it for its virtues and loyalty. I add in gaba tea, which is an oolong, which is perfect for beginning anew and and treating it as a good friend would. I I allow it to steep and and while the tea is brewing, I simply let my mind rest until it is time to sip. And then as I am drinking, I visualize the energies around me and within me opening up, purifying, basically inviting the day to begin, inviting the doors to open. And often during this or after I fully feel ready and, and in alignment, I generally start to draw an oracle card for the day seeing what is needed or what to prepare for. And, or I um, I like to look at my tea leaves to see if they have any messages in them. Um, and then I begin my day. So that's usually something that I like to do every morning. If I can help that's it. That's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So does your, does your corgi uh, help you in the morning or? Not at all. <laughs> I wish I hear you hear it. No, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> if you had to choose three things to keep on your altar, what would they be? My teapot, my deck, and a candle. Perfect. Definitely. That's always on my, no matter what. <laughs> If you could meet any witch in the present or in history, who would it be? Oh, okay. Um, you know, can this be like, like myth, like story Absolutely. myths also? Okay. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That makes it fun. Okay. Well, actual person, I probably would love to meet Scott Cunningham mm -hmm. and thank him for his books. Um, and then the second one probably would be Aradia. Have you heard of Aradia, the Italian I, um, witch? I I have a little, but not a lot. <laughs> yes. Maybe not a lot of people have. Um, she is basically the equivalent of the Italian's queen of the witches, you know? Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, you probably would see... Her story being mostly told by Charles Godfrey Leland and his work of Aradia or the Gospel of the Witches. So um, okay. it's primarily like in Tuscany, 
it's a it's very folklore historian. There's a debate of whether or not she really truly lived or if it was just a story. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that that story is fascinating to me. So I would love to meet her, get her take. Awesome. I am gonna look her up. Mm -hmm. Because I always love to learn new things. Or Merlin. All right. Or, oh my god, right? <laughs> Nobody's ever said Merlin, and that is such a great, such a great answer. Hmm. The top three. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right, so we are at the point where I have to ask you, is it tarot or oracle for you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So if you had asked me when I was in my, my, my teens to my young adult lady days, I would say mm -hmm. tarot all the way. But just fairly recently, literally in my 30s, uh, it's become Oracle, which is crazy to me because I would never honestly look at Oracle before. It was always tarot. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, <laughs> now I'm just collecting so much Oracle decks. <laughs> it's just like, what happened here? You know, but yeah, yes. Yeah, that's I it. feel you. That's just tough. It's tough. I can't. I I can't. Do you have a favorite deck? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, presently, I really am enjoying Seasons of the Witch. Um, oh, I Oracle love decks, the, the especially the Maybon one. And I... And those are the Oracle decks that I'm talking about collecting. Because <laughs> so far, mm -hmm. I have every single one that um Lorianne and Juliet has made because I'm obsessed mm -hmm. I just it has beautiful illustrations and it has poetry within them I I I say yes so yeah but, I think the uh, Stara deck is coming out early yeah. 2024 um I actually I think I saw so the inbox one is coming November 1st and then oh the, maybe I'm thinking inbox and then they are, I just saw it today. I literally just pre-ordered it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next one that's coming up is Litha. And I, I literally did a that's little right. freak dance. So I was just so happy. That's coming 2024. Um, that's awesome. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great books. I, I only have the Yule deck because I am obsessed with Yule. But uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they are. They're really beautiful. The, the um, artistry is gorgeous. Yes. They're fun decks. They really um, are. And they're very right, so deep. We, they are. They are deep. Yes. I love that about them. So we're at the point in the episode where I would love if you would share a spell, ritual, or um, a spell or a ritual. <laughs> or a sure. Yes, I would love to. I'll take one out straight from my book. So awesome. Flip over. I always encourage this tea because it's 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 a favorite, honestly, for myself throughout the years and for anyone who I have served it to. 
over the years. And it is my Courage Tea spell remedy on page 38. So let me just go ahead and read it off to you. If possible, use a cast iron kettle to boil your water when making this tea. If possible, don't feel pressured to using it. It's just, it's just another tool to help empower the remedy, the cast iron, it's, it's strength, you know, but if you have it, wonderful. If you don't, don't feel pressured. It's okay. The magic is in you. So just know that. This tea spell is best done with one lit white or orange candle nearby. Your favorite large and thick mug. The courage sigil shall be carved into the candle and drawn with a chalk or marker on the mug. You can find this courage sigil in the back of the book under the sigil chapter. And a lot of the sigils that you find are very simple, so it's not dif difficult. But also, if you yourself have a symbol in your mind that means courage to you, that means strength, by all means, you can use this as well. So blend your recipe within the mug and lightly wave your fingertips over the candle flame. Then hover your hands over the herbs. Envision the rays of the sun shining bright within the darkness. It's warm and heated embrace waiting to be consumed. Give the tea blend life with your breath. And the recipe for this tea is one teaspoon of black tea, one teaspoon of chamomile, one teaspoon of yarrow, and one spring fresh thyme. Boil your water mindfully, thanking it for its sustenance and warmth and strength, and then brew a nice strong tea for seven to eight minutes. As it steeps, chant seven times. I am brave and I am fair. I have no fear or despair. Drink or serve when courage is needed. For this shall instill fortitude when facing any challenges. And lastly, you may add almond milk or walnut milk to further your spell. Bind it all together. That's a great one. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, and that, that spell, as, as well as many, many more, are in Susanna's book. Um, now it's time for a card pull. Do you have mm -hmm. a card to pull, uh, a deck you want to pull a card from for us? Yes, I'll go ahead and do it. Uh, pull a card from the Season of the Witch Maybon Oracle deck. I wish I had my Samhain one with me, but it's still packed away somewhere. <laughs> but, Such um, is life. That's okay. Yes. Move on with life, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. But let's see. Let's see which card... The spirit guides would like your readers to know. Okay. So I got the fawn card, mm -hmm. which says, Be curious, dear child. 
and explore the world within worlds. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so perfect. <laughs> and so this card is basically a reminder to explore your innocence, see yourself as a blank canvas on which anything is possible, that new adventures are waiting for you, and that all that's required of you is a little effort and practice. So don't be afraid. Take that hesitant step on weak legs. You'll be fine. Before you know it, you will be making giant leaps of strength and graceful power. Express yourself in new ways. Take that new course of action. Learn a new hobby. Go on an actual adventure. Make those choices that you were hesitating on. Don't waste your time. Have those experiences. For they will provide more self-awareness and sharpen your knowledge of your likes and dislikes and the things that make you feel alive in this world. I love that That's so much. Great card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful card. Perfect for right now. Yes. All right. Well, Susanna, we are at the, the final, we're on the final stretch. Um, you want to share <laughs> your socials, your website, um, anything of, of where listeners can find you? Sure. Yes. Sure. You, you honestly could find me and most everywhere from Instagram to Twitter to threads to TikTok under the Tea Witch blog. Um, you can find me on Facebook on under SM Harlow Books. And I do have a website blog called thetwitchblog.com. So feel free to come on by, send me a message. I am here. Make a comment. I reply. I love I love speaking about the craft, tea, or just in general life. So feel free, look me up. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very pleased. Um, and I, I am, I'm going to do, we're going to do a Zoom tea time. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to hold you up on that. <laughs> yes, do for sure. Um, well, thank you again so much for joining me. I am going to end this session, but if you could stay online for just a little bit longer, that would be awesome. For sure. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> Thank you.